What's real and going on below But now you never show it to me, do you? But remember when I moved in you The holy dove was moving too Perfect. Thank you so much. Anybody will watch football today? Anybody in here will watch football today? Okay. Anybody will watch NASCAR today? Anybody? NASCAR, there's, okay, there's a few. One thing I've figured out in common between NASCAR and football, besides being on television, is they'll all have helmets on. I doubt you could convince a player today to go out and play without a helmet football. In fact, sometimes you will see one and, and it'll, the helmet will pop off in the middle of a play and you will just gasp thinking, oh no, just run out of bounds, just fall down, just stop. Just, just. And I can't imagine one of the drivers of a NASCAR car would get in a car and just say, I'll just skip that. Don't need the helmet. They will take it. They wouldn't dream of doing what they do without one. Helmets can save your life. We've talked about Matt Savage um, every Sunday since the first part of July, a uh, motorcycle wreck and an 18-wheeler, and uh, told you how well he had walked uh, this week. Of course, he was wearing a helmet. That's one of the reasons he's still alive, is he was wearing it. Today, we're going to continue in our study of salvation, and we're going to talk about the Christian's helmet, the helmet of salvation. Before we go further, let's pray together. Lord, it's our prayer. We're all covered. It's our prayer that we put it on and leave it on. It's our prayer that we would all know you and love you and serve you and you would protect us. Uh, we have to do our part as well and help us do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we begin in familiar scripture. I really want to get to the last part of Ephesians chapter 6, but this is about the armor of God. This would be very familiar to you. Uh, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore, fasten the belt of truth around your waist, Put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the flaming arrows of the evil one. In verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. These verses are for Christians. They tell us how to be strong. They tell us how to be good soldiers. And it's likely as Paul writes these and he goes through about the shoes and the the belt and the breastplate and all of that, it's likely as he's writing this, he's inside of a Roman soldier. He's in jail in Rome as he writes this letter. And all of these parts of the soldier's uniform had to attract his attention and the Holy Spirit uses them for him to convey a message. But that helmet really had to catch his attention. The Roman soldier's helmet, and there's one kind of a facsimile on the front of the bulletin, which might not be too far off from what archaeologists and historians tell us. It was very functional. It would save your life, but it was also very flamboyant and very ornate. All sorts of engravings would be on this helmet, and it was a piece of beautiful artwork. Um, And then there would be feathers that would come out the top or horsehair that would come out the top that stand straight up. And if it was used for a ceremony or something, sometimes that those decorations would come down and go and flow down the soldier's back. And so Paul writes about the armor of God and the helmet is a must. So for us today and what it means to us about our salvation. The helmet of salvation protects our minds from the attack of the enemy. Because we're constantly under attack. There's a battle for our minds. Some of you know I I quit watching television a few months ago. And one of the best parts I've just figured out recently about quitting, I did not see any campaign commercials. I never saw the first one. Were they on this year? Were they nice? You know, wouldn't you love to see an honest, you know, vote for me, I'll do my best. But, you know, they're okay too. But no, no. They want to talk about their families and their mamas and how bad they are. And it's just, I don't miss that at all. Uh, They fight for our votes by fighting for our minds. And commercials fight for our minds. This time of year, uh, there's going to be a lot more toy commercials, aren't there? Because Christmas is right around the corner and boys and girls are watching that and they're after their minds. It's a daily struggle. The Bible gives us great words to help us in that struggle, that battle for our minds. Colossians chapter 3 says this. Set your minds on things above, not things that are on the earth. Isaiah 26.3 says this. I love this one. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. But the mind is stayed on God. We see this warning that involves the mind in 1 Peter 5.8. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. And so in that battle, our mind is always under attack. Satan would love to cause us to forget our salvation. Just forget about it. If he can't do that, he would love to cause us to doubt our salvation. And if he can't do that, he would really love to cause us to limit our salvation to get to the point that all we think about is one day we'll go to heaven and it doesn't matter how we live on this earth. He messes with our head if we're not protected. And so daily, 
we have to put on that helmet for protection. Growing up, uh, as you left your parents' house, did you ever remember hearing them say something like, remember whose you are? You ever done that to them? Has your mom ever done that to you? Remember whose you are? Yeah, I heard that a lot. Anybody else hear, hear that? Yeah. Every moment of every day, we have to remember whose we are. We cannot take a break. If the Roman soldier didn't have a helmet on when he went out to fight, he would not last long. A soldier wouldn't consider going out to battle with his head uncovered. Neither should we. I've been a pastor now for a little over 35 years. Let me ask you this. If I left my helmet off one day, could I mess up 35 years? If I forgot my salvation for one day, I could wreck a lifetime. Every act I do, every reaction I have should be filtered through my salvation. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If my salvation is at the forefront of my mind, I'm going to be a better husband, a better father, a better neighbor, a better pastor, a better friend, whatever. But if I slip, I'm in trouble. And we slip for all sorts of reasons if we're not careful. This is a funny illustration because it's been 18, almost 19 years ago. Remember Y2K? Remember what people were saying was going to happen? That computers were going to stop and planes were going to drop from the sky and red lights wouldn't work and elevators would stop and the world would just come to an end after December 31st, 1999. And some people took that hook, line, and sinker. I was told of a pastor that was convinced that these things would happen and he feared that his congregation would not make it and he felt responsible for everybody in his church so he began to stockpile food and water and supplies and he felt responsible for everybody in his church and in his community and through all of this insanity he, he had a nervous breakdown. He was not trusting God. His thinking became cloudy and he failed to allow his salvation to control his thoughts. And when we do that, cloudy thinking messes up our lives. I know a pastor, a very talented man, that lost his ministry because of an affair. And that you've heard stories like that too. He failed to allow his salvation to control his thoughts. Remember the American Express commercial? Don't leave home without it. That's good words for our helmet of salvation. And leave it on when you're at home too because you can get in trouble there. As believers... We should never leave home without salvation at the front of our thoughts or never be there without salvation at the front of our thoughts. Back to the helmet Paul was likely looking at in the jail. It'd be very hard to walk past one of these soldiers without taking, taking notice of them. It'd be hard not to notice that gleaming Helmet with the brightly colored plume standing straight up on top of it. These helmets made the Roman soldiers noticeable. By using that example, Paul, I think, is telling us something else besides the protection. When we are people of salvation and confident of it, we become noticeable individuals. We become noticeable. As Christians, we should be. I wrote several contrast 
We should be givers in a world of takers. And that should be noticed. We should be helpers in a world of indifferent. Encouragers in a world of negativity. Hopeful in a world of hopelessness. Cheerful in a world of gloom. Lovers in a world of haters. Joyful in a world of blandness. Peaceful in a world of turmoil. Patient in a world of hurry. Kind in a world of rudeness. Good in a world of bad. Gentle in a world of harshness. And faithful in a world of unfaithful. We should stand out. And thank you for doing that. There'll be a funeral tomorrow in Indiana of a dear friend of mine, Iva Fern Hipskind, lived to be 91 years of age. We met when she was in her early to mid-70s, and she was retired by then, but she was a seamstress and loved to sew. Our church in Indiana put on a uh, passion play that grew over the years, and uh, every Easter we would have soldiers, and we would have disciples, and we would have Pharisees. And up until Iva Fern came to the church, Jeannie and I made the costumes. Jeannie and I could make a costume in about, what, 30 seconds, dear? You would measure how tall the person was, get fabric, cut a hole in the middle of it, stick their head through it, get some twine, wrap it around them, and there was their outfit. That's what we did. That's how we began. And then Iva Fern came. She started hemming everything. And she started doing all of the, making sure all the colors were correct. If we had a color that she didn't think was there in biblical times, she would get rid of it. And she would then make, try to find out what the Pharisees would wear and make costumes for the Pharisees. And she researched the Roman soldiers and she researched all sorts of things. And she started sewing 12 months a year for that. And then new people would come and she would make them outfits. In fact, her kids lived off. And when some of her kids came in from St. Louis, they thought their mother had lost her mind. Because they came in the house and there were bags of, of fabric everywhere in the house. And they were very relieved to find out that she was on a mission. She hadn't lost her mind. Her salvation caused her to serve. And I will never forget her servant attitude. She put on the helmet of salvation, and because of it, oh, up into her 80s, into her mid-80s, probably into her 90s, she made a difference in that. And I love that. And there are stories everywhere of people like you, like me, that wear that helmet and make a difference. So be careful out there. Wear your helmet. Be noticeable for Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for difference makers, for the people that are givers in a world of takers and lovers in a world of haters and good in a world of bad and faithful in a world of unfaithful. Thank you for each one in this room and help us to filter everything we do through our salvation. Help us to be protected, to never fall for the lies of the devil, but to know your truth and, Father, to be set free because of it. Bless us this week as we're noticeable for Christ. In his name we pray, amen.